The following podcast is brought to you by The Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. So, hi everyone. Uh, my name is Gesho, and I'm a senior student uh, here at The Village Zendo. And it's just really good to be here, gathered with some good friends of the way on a chilly autumn night. So and it's really good to gather with you online and even to gather with the people who are not with us in time, uh, who might someday be uh, finding these words and listening to them. And listening is in fact my subject tonight. I wanna share with you some stories about uh, the composer, deep, uh, composer Pauline Oliveros, who is known mostly for a practice of deep listening. Um, and I've been uh, immersing myself in some aspects of her work uh, that I want to share with you tonight. Um, so I'm excited to do that. But I wanted to start uh, with a koan to put us in our Zen frame of mind. Um, and there are a couple of really good Zen stories about people who have awakened on hearing a sound. Um, and so uh, I'm going to uh, tell you one in more depth and then start with another one. Um, both of these are from a book called uh, Zen's Chinese Heritage by Andy Ferguson, put together by Andy Ferguson. It's a gathering of a lot of traditional stories, many of which are not in the koan collections. Um, So the first one of these is um, about a teacher named uh, Shanyang Azeshan. And he was known as, when he was a student, as being extremely studious and really wanting to know a lot, learning a lot, gathering a lot of learning about the Zen traditions and the stories and the literature. Um, but his teacher would say to him, when you speak, I hear other people's words coming out of your mouth. Where are you? What is your original face? Show me you. And uh, he was uh, baffled. He, he was stopped there. He was stuck there and very frustrated. And eventually he left for a while, his teacher, and um, went to live alone in a little hut, which had once... Um, belonged to a national teacher, and it was now, I think, empty, and he was weeding there. You can imagine how many weeds must have grown up. And as he was scything away the grasses, um, he knocked over a bamboo pole, and it hit a tile and made a tuck, and suddenly he was awakened. And his um, poem that he wrote from that moment begins one strike and I forgot all I knew. So all of that knowledge just fell away and there was nothing between him and this sound. Um, and then there's another koan I'll give you a little bit longer version of. Um, this is uh, about a teacher named uh, Sheshan Kuiqing. So a monk asked Seishan, um, can you explain to me about Zhao Zhu's 
cypress tree in the garden. What is the meaning of Xiaoju's cypress tree in the garden? And what he meant by that, he was referring to another koan, a very famous koan, where the great teacher Xiaoju was asked, what is the meaning of uh, Bodhidharma's coming from the West? And that is a very common question that means, uh, what are we doing here? What's the point of all this? What's this about? Uh, it's, in other words, it's like a help me, <laughs> help me out here, teacher. And um, Zhao Zhu said, when he heard this question, what's the meaning of Bodhidharma coming from the West? He said, the cypress tree in the garden. Just like I could say, uh, the cactus in the zendo. So when this monk asked Cheshan, what is the meaning of Zhao Zhu's cypress tree in the garden? He's in some sense asking this same question. What, what, what are we doing here? What does this mean? What, what is reality? What is life? What, why am I here? Help. Um, and Cheshan said to him, I could tell you, but would you believe me? And the monk said, oh, oh, great teacher, of course I would believe any words that you had to say to me. And the eye roll that the teacher gave was not in the koan, but I can imagine it. But he does, uh, he does do something. What he does is he says, he asks the monk, can you hear the sound of the rain dripping from the eaves? And the monk listens a little while. And then he says, oh, I love that little, oh, I don't know if there's any other O's in these stories like that. And his poem of awakening was, water drips from the eaves so clearly, splitting open the universe. Here, the mind is extinguished. So it's something of the same thing. No more, what is this, what is that, who is this, who is that. There's the sound and the monk, but there is no longer the sound and the monk. There is the monk sound. There's the monk rain, monk water, monk eaves, monk bamboo, monk tile. So, um, Pauline Oliveris was a composer who lived from 1932 to 2016. So she didn't die that long ago. Um, and she's best known for this practice that she developed called deep listening, um, which she once described as a practice of listening to everything under all circumstances in every way possible at all times. Um, which is, of course, slightly impossible, but so are many of our vows. I think for her it was a vow, uh, not unlike a bodhisattva vow. Um, this kind of listening started for her when she was a child. So um, I'm listening to the beautiful car horn sound right now in her honor. Um, so when she was a child, she talked about having um, Listen to the sounds. She lived in Texas. It was the 1930s. There weren't so many um, cars and pavements <laughs> and car horns. Um, and so the sounds that she listened to were the sounds of insects and frogs 
and uh, wind in the trees and in the grasses. And she described them as these beautiful canopies of sound that she uh, really fell in love with. And she also uh, had a radio in her house when she was that age. And she loved that those kinds of radios needed to be hand-tuned to the stations. And in between um, the stations were strange statics and tones and warbles. And uh, she loved those as much as she loved uh, what was intended to be listened to. When she was nine, she was given an accordion, and that became her instrument. So she's a well-known composer whose instrument is the accordion, and I don't think there are very many of those. Um, and she played the accordion throughout her life. And you can see its kind of influence on her thinking. So if you just kind of keep the accordion in the back of your mind. When she was a young woman, she was given a tape recorder. And she, the first thing she did is open the window and put the tape recorder out there. And there was something she had intended to record. She doesn't really say what. But when she played the tape back, um, she heard sounds that she hadn't expected were there. She hadn't known were there. And so this is when she made that vow to listen to everything. Um, she was also a pioneer of electronic music. So she was part of some of the very earliest experimental electronic music labs. She invented instruments. She invented methods. She played with ensembles. She did many collaborations. Um, but at some point in the 60s, her heart became heavy with the political situations that were happening and uh, Vietnam, and uh, she mentioned the assassination of JFK, and she decided to retreat for a while. And she retreated basically into a single note. Uh, so for uh, almost a year, she played on her accordion and sang only a single note, the note of A. And from that experience, which she found to be, uh, she described it as calming and as healing, um, she began to work with a small group of women on, uh, in a kind of feminist circle uh, on, on breath and body and sounding work. Uh, so they began to make sounds together. Um, and uh, these turned into something that she called sonic meditations. Um, uh, and there's a book of sonic meditations that you can easily find online and download if you're curious to hear what they're like. But I'm just going to read you one of them. So what they, they, instead of, because this group that she worked with weren't musicians per se, they, they weren't reading from scores. They were working together to listen and make sounds in a simultaneous way. Um, and so the sonic meditations are expressed as instructions. So uh, one could try them out. And this one, which I think is sort of the first or the central one, is called Teach Yourself to Fly. Any number of persons sit in a circle facing the center. Illuminate the space with dim blue light. Begin by simply observing your own breathing. Always be an observer. Gradually allow your breath to become audible. Then gradually introduce your voice. Allow your vocal cords to vibrate in any mode which occurs naturally. Allow the intensity to increase very slowly. 
continue as long as possible naturally, and until all others are quiet, always observing your own breath cycle. So that's the kind of practice that she was developing. Um, and that kind of naturally turned into this practice of deep listening. Um, and deep listening, um, deep listening is a vocal practice or a sound practice as much as it is a taking in of sound, even though I think of it typically as a taking in of sound. Um, and it became developed enough uh, that she trained people in it, and it took about three years of training to become a certified deep listening guide, um, which unfortunately I am not. Um, but they're starting up the training again now. Uh, there's a deep listening institute in her honor at Rensselaer Polytechnic, where she taught near the end of her life. That's in Troy. And they've started some online training, or at least it seems like maybe they have, um, uh, that I'm hopeful about, uh, because I'd like to take that. Um, but I wanted us to try out not the sounding part, but the listening part of, of deep listening. And so uh, we're going to just take a little experiment here in a moment and actually listen. And if you're online, you'll listen to whatever space you're actually in, of course. And if you're listening to this a month from now, again, you'll listen to whatever space uh, you're actually in. And she made a distinction between hearing and listening. So for her, hearing was the sort of passive uh, phenomenon of sound waves connecting with your nervous system. It just happened all the time. But listening was something that was active, something that you did with your attention and awareness and your, your full self. Um, it included not just like the actual literal sound waves, but, but something larger, which is a little bit elusive in what she writes. Um, and she also distinguished between attention and awareness. So for her, awareness was a global, uh, uh, thing with no specific, with a center, which is yourself, but no end. It just went out as far as you could imagine. Um, but with attention or focus, you could pick out particular sounds in the environment and bring them, uh, bring them a little bit up closer to you and learn something about them, notice them in particular. Um, and deep listening is a practice of balancing this global and focused kind of awareness. So I want to actually just try it. Um, and I'm going to set my timer for three minutes. This is a long silence for a talk. But um, I feel like I'm speaking to a group of people who are good at um, sitting quietly. <laughs> and um, just, and also it's something that takes I feel like it takes a while to tune into the subtle sounds around you. Like there's some obvious sounds, but there are subtle sounds and it takes a while, a little bit like um, letting your eyes adjust to the dark if you're an astronomer. Um, so I'm just going to do this so that I can concentrate on the sound too. And we'll sit here for three minutes. <laughs>
Did you hear the car horn? <laughs> Did you hear the air filters? Did you hear a distant siren? Did you hear a voice? Did you hear the sound of your own breath? Oh. <laughs> Can you hear the sound of the rain dripping from the eaves? I want to close um, with a poem of Pauline Oliveros's that's really about the breath. For her, the breath is a very fundamental. It's right in between sort of listening and making sound. It's that doorway. Um, and this is a poem of hers from, uh, I think, 1984. It's called Horse Sings from Cloud. And it's dedicated to dancing breath. Listen, dancing breath, listen. Long sound, sound long, long breath, breathe long, listen. Sound stronger, breathe longer. Sound longer, breathe stronger. Breath, sound, sound, breath. Listen, dancing breath, listen. No change when desire to change. Change when no desire to change. To change when desire change, change desire. When no desire, no change. Listen, breathe sound. When no sound, breath change. When no change, breathe desire. Listen, dancing breath, listen. Change, breathe, sound, desire, desire, Change, breathe, sound. Sound, change, desire, breath. Breathe, sound, change, desire. Listen, dancing breath, listen. When no breath, no change. No desire, no sound. Death. Listen, dancing breath, listen. Horse sings from cloud.